Welcome to another episode of the Indian Cycling Podcast brought to you by the Bike Affair. I'm your host Harsha. Uh, hi, I, I am your co-host Gokul. Today we have a very young uh, and special guest with us, Parshuram Chenji. He is a two-time national road medalist, winning the under 23 silver in uh, 2016 and the elite criterium in 2017. Parshu, please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and describe your journey into cycling. Hi guys, I'm uh, I'm Parshu. I'm 25 years old, and uh, Gokul, I'd like to correct you over here. I didn't win the elite criter- criterium in 2017, but I won a bronze medal at the elite criterium. Oh yeah. Uh, as much as I would have loved to win that race. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh, yeah, I'm 25 years old. I've started cycling relatively recently, and uh, I've I've been places because of cycling. I've been doing well in the sport, and I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed the journey. of progression from a um, complete amateur who used to just ride to work to to a professional who rides at the indian national level and has been looking uh, to ride beyond that as well what triggered you to you know consider cycling as a career so i started cycling when i was 21 mm. at the time i never thought of it as uh, as a, you know i didn't think that i was starting late Mm-hmm. um i started cycling to go to work and come back home which was it was my means of commute mm. uh it is i still to this day can say uh, that it is the best means of commute not just for me but for so many people all around the world and i i believe that people should just try and commute on their bikes it it will change their life but anyway yeah i used to commute to work in back um when i was working in gachiboli so that was 23 kilometers away from home so oh okay Yeah. 23 kilometers one way. Yes, 23 okay. kilometers okay. one way. <laughs> that's a that's a long commute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I just got in this job at Deloitte and um, it was one week into the job and the first weekend they wanted us to work overtime so they called us in on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, for me to get company transport on Saturday I'd have to fill a form online, make some calls and stuff like that and I'm a very lazy guy so I didn't want to do that. Mm. So I just decided to take my cycle and come to work because I didn't have any other means of transport. Yeah. What cycle did you have at that time? So that, <laughs> so when I was in Delhi mm-hmm. uh, for college I was in Delhi for college I used to I used to have a Hero Hawk. Okay. And I used to go to college to tuition and to parties and everywhere on my cycle. That was again it was my mode of transport over there as well. But those were very short journeys that nothing was more than 5 or 6 kilometers one way. Okay. Um When I came back to Hyderabad when I had to leave Delhi and come back to Hyderabad I was in a place where I was very nostalgic because I was going to miss college a lot mm-hmm. but the fact that uh, my dad saw that I was interested in cycling and uh, he was interested in cycling as well he was he was cycling at a better level than I was at the time so he bought himself a road bike mm-hmm. and uh, when I was coming back from Delhi to Hyderabad he bought himself an even better road bike mm-hmm. so i got his old road bike mm-hmm. that was that was motivation for me to come back to hyderabad it uh, yeah so i came back to hyderabad and i had a, a really good road bike with me which made me enjoy cycling all the more mm-hmm. and that is the road bike which i used to to go to work and and come back that was the gt right the gt oh. yes it's a it's a lime green and black gt it mm-hmm. looks also classy uh, yeah it was it was my fashion statement <laughs> <laughs> So did you break any KOMs on the way 23 kilometers must be good practice to do that Yes yes <laughs> uh, on my first day to work I I was enjoying cycling to work and then I suddenly started going up road number 2 Banjara hills mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and uh, i realized that this road doesn't get over <laughs> it's 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 an incline it's about 2 or 3% for uh, i think it's about 2 kilometers long mm-hmm. and it was it was really painful on the first day but once i crossed the road once i got to kbr park it was it was very rewarding you feel very nice after doing such an effort um and yeah that is how i began the process of trying to go faster and faster and you know feel stronger on the bike and once i continued working it's only i think i started um, i think i learnt about strava only one or two months after i started cycling so that's that's when i started uploading my rides mm-hmm. to strava and when i started using strava i realized that uh, they have such a cool feature mm-hmm. koms and segments are are <laughs> I mean it's like you can cycle at any time you want but you can compete with other riders and you can compete against their timings on certain segments mm-hmm. at any time so that in fact has been a a major tool in bringing me into the sport mm-hmm. of cycling mm-hmm. uh, without which I would just be commuting to work mm-hmm. so now whenever I commuted to work I knew which segments were where and I was always targeting to win the KOM on a few segments mm-hmm. so yeah strava helped strava helped a lot and i did i did get a few kms which uh, <laughs> which due to those kms i used to think that um, i was i was a big shot in cycling you know if i can get the best timing in all of hyderabad on a certain segment yeah which is which is what led me to racing and uh, i went into my first race with this very mindset after it was it was a, f- a few months into cycling to work and back and i thought that you know this probably nobody else in hyderabad that does does this much cycling and i must be the best and i went into the race and i'm like okay let's show these guys the new new kid mm-hmm. in town and so yeah i went in with with real josh and enthusiasm and um, this was a race in which i was i was racing against jetharam mm-hmm. ramsurup gorav duggal and aman punjani mm-hmm. so for those of you that haven't heard their names before um, you probably are new to cycling because these are very well known names in cycling <laughs> <laughs> so jetharam is a national uh, champion on many many at many races he's won a lot of medals he's uh, a railways employee uh, ramsroop is his teammate and equally strong uh, he's an equally strong rider with who's a brilliant time trialist gorav dugal is an amazing sprinter and aman punjani is currently um a double national gold medalist he's won the gold medal at the under 23 individual time trial as well as the under 23 master which is a huge feat um so yeah i had got into cycling at a time when aman was at his uh, at his growth phase he was a 16 year old kid back then and uh, all the rest of the guys were established cyclists and this is when i first met them for a proper race and um, yeah as much as i would have loved to win that race i uh realized very soon into the race that these guys are stronger than me because mm-hmm. <laughs> there was this one time when they sprinted and i i went all out and i just could not keep their wheel mm. but i made sure i sustained my effort and and got back to them and mm. that happened multiple times in the race because when you're an established cyclist you don't want a random newbie to come and sit on your wheel because mm. it's dangerous because he doesn't know what he's doing which is probably i never knew what i was doing back then i was just riding my bike hard so they tried to drop me but i was i was very determined not to get dropped and i managed to stay with them till the very finish mm-hmm. um i even threw in an attack before the finish about 500 meters before the finish i realized that you know i can't outsprint these guys so i i probably need to go early and i did that but obviously they're strong guys they know what to do they came back and beat me and they beat me by about 10 seconds to the line uh but it was a wonderful race mm-hmm. and uh, these guys noticed that you know i'm a kid who's who's determined to do well and ramsuru came and spoke to me after the race and he asked me 
that uh, he told me that if i was interested in training i could come and train along with them with him and jetha and for a kid like me there's no better opportunity than that there was no saying no to that so i started training on uh, from the next day itself mm-hmm. along with them great and great that's so were you on cleats on that right no i was not on wow. cleats i was wearing <laughs> regular shoes and flat pedals wow wow that's, that's quite amazing really i mean no uh, all those four guys are very good riders i mean very good racers at the national level so so for someone outside the world of cycling it's really tough to explain why we love doing this you mentioned the koms and the races uh that can be gratifying but what is it about the craft of cycling that you like yeah it's very it's very tough to explain to anyone why i like to go out on my bike and spend 3 hours 4 hours 5 hours do 100 150 200 kilometers in a day if i'm just going around in circles and then coming back home mm-hmm. um but there is something about cycling that is so pleasurable so addictive it keeps you going it keeps it it makes you feel amazing for me cycling has always meant freedom if i had to put it into one word it would be freedom i started cycling the first time i actually cycled in order to you know get to a place was when i was going for football coaching it was it was 5 kilometers away from home and i had to go early in the morning and all my friends had scooters and scooties and bikes and stuff and i didn't have anything i had a cycle so i just picked it up and went to to football coaching and that is the day that i realized how much i love this this mechanical piece this instrument um because it could get me from place to place with no hassles at all i didn't need money for fuel i didn't need money for an auto or a bus or and anything you didn't have that i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've always been and still am a very poor kid <laughs> No, even when you are a kid you don't have a lot of yeah, pocket money to go around. Exactly. <laughs> and cycling gave me the means to go wherever I wanted without spending a rupee which kind of like a saving. It's it's mm-hmm. like an earning in fact I would say because you know in area when where people spend so much money I spend literally nothing. You must have faced a lot of questions from the community and uh, uh, the family when you when you kind of quit your job and uh, started focusing primarily on racing. So who supported you what was the how did you overcome those uh, challenges the reason why i quit my job to pursue cycling um can be broken down into a few points i mean i would primarily say that uh the job that i was doing was not something that i intended to do as a career in the okay. future okay. uh i never meant to leave it so quickly but it was the right time because okay. um yeah regarding the right time it was the right time because it was we had two months left um leading up to the national championships okay. in 2016 this is okay and uh, i was coaching under maxwell trevor sir that time mm-hmm. i was coaching under him along with jetha ramsroop and akash katkam as well mm-hmm. and sir um, sir is the one who told me that you know if i am seriously um, interested in doing well at nationals then i need to rest during the day because we were training every morning and it was intense um, and it was even more intense for me because i'm training with jetha and ramsroop uh, mm-hmm. for me just to hold their wheel mm-hmm. was was a task in itself and after these 
hard training rides i was going back home and then heading straight to work for an entire day and i was sleeping only once i got back home at night so maxwell sir realized that it's not the right way forward for me in sport if i really want to do well then that rest element is very necessary so he's the one who suggested that um, i quit my job mm-hmm. um and when he suggested it it was a slight shock to me mm. but the more i thought about it the more it made sense and i spoke to my dad about it my dad has been um the biggest support that that anyone can receive to to go into sport like this he's been so supportive and understanding and um yeah he's 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 done so much for me uh because he you know he's really fond of the fact that I took I've taken the sport so seriously mm-hmm. so so yeah i quit my job to f- start cycling full time um and yeah i like i like your question about um, the objections that i faced because it's a, it's a very funny but the only objections that i faced were from cyclists themselves wow okay yeah there are so many cyclists who have come up to me and said what you had a job and you quit your job to come into cycling <laughs> but we are cycling to get a job <laughs> and i really didn't know how to explain it to them and all of the people who have praised me for my decision are from outside the cycling field wow. and they're very there there's so many people who are very happy to see that you know i've 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 done something for my passion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. but i mean i i i in some ways you were lucky when uh, you uh, and in the two months you went ahead and uh, won the silver in under 23 mass start in the nationals right no that was uh, the under 23 silver medal was in my second nationals um but that was 2016 So what happened actually is uh, in 2016 we had two national championships. The 2015 national championships was postponed uh, to February 2016. Okay, okay. And then the 2016 national championships happened. took place in November 2016. Okay, okay. So this was the February one. Correct. Okay. So but still not to I mean less than a year actually. Less than a year. Yeah. I mean I mean at the national championships which took place in the 2015 national championships which took place in 2016. I I did really well. I uh, placed sixth in the under twenty three um, mass start, okay. and I placed eighth in the under twenty three time trial, mm. and and then I even went and uh, took part in the elite okay. right, uh, elite mass start, mm-hmm. where I placed ninth. Oh, great! Um, okay. So these were huge results for me. And although I'd gone gone there with with the aim to be on the podium at least. Mm-hmm. I didn't deserve it at the time. I was very new to the sport and there were guys who were training so much more seriously than I was and they deserved it more than I was uh, I did obviously. And I'm very glad that they won, but I'm also very glad that I performed well because um, that performance showed me that I was capable of moving forward in the sport. Great. I find it really interesting that uh, guys like you and uh, Pasha who was uh, with us a few episodes ago had reasonably successful careers or at least you were on the path to a reasonably successful career and then you chose to give it up or at least take a break f- to pursue this passion i personally find such decisions impossible to make not that i've had to but i can still relate to it uh, was there a moment or was it just a gradual realization you were talking about maxwell traverser but was that something that was going on in your mind by then So I don't feel like I made any big sacrifice to mm-hmm. be very honest. Um no I I don't mean as a sacrifice but it's still a big decision. Uh, I mean it, it is kind of a transition from one uh, kind of lifestyle into another that that's also a big decision. 
absolutely it was a big lifestyle change for me yes but i don't know if for to understand my decision it's important to understand that i was in a place where i just begun a career at at a major mnc and uh, i knew for a fact that i didn't want to do this forever uh, but i didn't know what i wanted to do in life and then cycling just came along so naturally and it offered me a chance to work towards something meaningful to work towards something that i would be passionate about to work towards something that was hard and achievable at the same time and um, at the end of the day it's a sport and i've always been a sportsman uh and to be given the opportunity to post, to pursue a sport professionally i consider myself very lucky to have had the chance to take that decision um so yeah it was a lifestyle change but uh, for me it was not a tough decision it was just a decision that i knew i was going to take mm-hmm. it was a matter of time when i took the decision mm-hmm. that's about it but that was sort of you you were set uh, on this path that at some point you will make such a decision yes ever since maxwell so put the idea in my head um, right from day one i think i knew that i was going to take the decision mm-hmm. and um, and then yeah there just comes one moment when you say you know what this is the time mm-hmm. and i just went and spoke to my boss and told him and uh, my boss at deloitte has been the best boss ever um yeah he's he's in him he has support supported me in this sport more than so many other people have um, his name is mandeep i said mandeep i think uh, it's time for me to quit so yeah that's that's how it happened um, i'm very lucky again to have had such a supportive boss and such supportive colleagues as well so in um, episodes 6 uh, and 7 of our podcast uh, we had maxwell traverser on the show and he talked about uh, having to cajole underprivileged kids and uh, their parents about cycling hearing you i feel like uh, even those with relatively privileged backgrounds like us uh, find it relatively tough to make this transition it's still uh, a big decision you didn't just get up one day and make this decision right it 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 did go through some process of thinking yeah i like that you used the word transition over here because um, yes it was a decision yes the decision you know took some time for me to to take it but uh, it was the transition which is important it's a transition from being a a regular corporate employee guy you know just just like the career that everyone around me is 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 um, taking i was also one among them and i never thought of myself as any different uh but when i got this chance it was my opportunity to be different and uh, definitely it's not it's not easy to to do something which, which has not been treaded before by many mm-hmm. people yeah i i write i mean it started by writing for myself but then i started uh, once people noticed and liked what i had to write uh it led to one job opportunity so i was working at one place part time and then that led to another job opportunity so i was working at another place part time and uh I I'm still working I mean I quit the first job I'm working at the second job and I'm also working at on a one month project with um with Dinanath sir I don't know if you've heard Dina, you yeah. know Dina sir yeah. yeah with him and Saikul and I'm also taking tuitions for um, for a kid in the colony for a kid in the colony and my younger brother as well so cycling in india generally uh, follows the process that you know like you mentioned uh, people use the podium to get a job in the psu 
and uh, continue to focus on nationals because that's what they are uh, recruited for if very few like uh, your former coach uh, navin john have continued to keep the flame alive outside of this route and beyond the nationals uh, what are the challenges you face for this and why are there not many others who take up this so it's very true that a lot of people take up cycling in order to get a government job it is it is the main motivation that they have you know these are people from areas which are not very um, economically and educationally forward so they don't have uh, much of an education and they don't have much uh, funds as well mm-hmm. so for them cycling is a is a way to achieve a good government job that's literally like the goal mm-hmm. and a lot of these people are really talented so they they're really good cyclists and they do really well and you have to do really well to land yourself a job with the railways or the services and a lot of them once they land that job they realize that cycling is not it for them they 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 were pursuing cycling because they wanted the job and now that they have the job they're they're content so mm. they go ahead with their lives as railways employees or services employees and forget about the sport um <clears throat> but there are obviously a lot of guys who continue sport seriously even after getting planning that job which is which is wonderful because you know this is something that the government is doing to build sport in our nation and just by offering this this lucrative job they're bringing so many people into a sport mm-hmm. so that in itself i feel is amazing now coming to the other part um yeah apart from from a government job there's not much uh, scope for cycling like like if if you look at me uh if i wanted to make a career out of cycling there's no team in india which pays me a salary which would pay me a salary mm-hmm. uh if i cycle for them there's no team in india which which uh you know will ensure that i'm well to do in all other aspects of my life apart from cycling you know you can give me a cycle you can give me equipment you can give me nutrition and all but you know I, there's there's no future for me that, uh, as a career it doesn't it doesn't let me um cater to myself as a person yeah so which is why someone like me needs to work part time somewhere else or full time somewhere else uh to earn an income which end of the day you know you spend on yourself and on your cycling as well um so yeah it's it's tough this is one of the major challenges for someone like me who's not looking for a government job is the money you know it's an expensive sport it's not it's not cheap at all you need to pay so much just for nutrition and spare parts and and repairs and all and travel to races and all of that so for me the biggest challenge has always been to make sure that i have enough money in my pocket to to spend for such reasons and not just me there are so many cyclists out there who are talented but they don't have the resources available to to help them grow with that talent so yeah one of the biggest challenges is the money i am again incredibly lucky and fortunate to to have a skill which i can use which i have been using uh, to earn my income on the side while pursuing cycling full time but not a lot of people realize that they can do this and it's not feasible for a lot of people but um, my advice for anyone who wants to take cycling professionally is is to find that skill you know everyone has a skill everyone has some something that they can offer to the other person something that sells uh find it tap into it and and yeah you you need to 
separate two areas of your life you know you're a professional cyclist but you need to earn money on the side you have to work for that you work smart work efficiently you you might not have to work more than 3 or 4 hours a day uh but you'll you'll be able to earn enough to pump it into your cycling and and move forward and um at the end of the day it's it's a it's a very long term process like if you want to be a cyclist then you have to look at it with a long term picture because it's a very um the growth curve in cycling is slow and you know it takes a lot of time to to actually reach the top so you have to look at a sustainable environment for yourself in which you can train as much as required and you can earn a living for yourself at the side you don't have to be the richest person on earth as long as you're earning enough to to cover rent and food you're good okay. but so, you know what my uh, what i am good at you want to guess <laughs> <coughs> food tasting no <laughs> it's podcasting come on oh podcast <laughs> Oh brilliant but um, <laughs> you're not earning anything through podcasting yet. Hey, you just started. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I I I see a great future for you all. This is some this is a market this which is, is not yeah, tapped into. Not this is into, yeah. this is something that can provide so much information to India has scores of cyclists right now and yeah. and hardly any of them it's it's very tough to explain the nuances of cycling the, yeah, the yeah. details I, I think i'm doing a very good job yeah and yeah someone actually called me the mark maron of indian cycling the mark maron yeah <laughs> it's uh, it's a podcast wow it's a podcast <laughs> called uh, wtf with uh, mark maron uh, so uh, it may have been a dream so you know let's <laughs> let's leave it oh that's that. brilliant <laughs> no you guys are doing a brilliant job i've listened to your pod- podcast and i love them the, the thing i lo- like about podcasts the most is that you can just as a cyclist you can just plug in your earphones go for a ride yeah. and you you're you're listening to quality content and it keeps you engaged and uh, it's it's so much learning in such a fun way mm-hmm. yeah that's why we do this yeah, right true. so um, um you you mentioned about you know, having a different skill uh, i see a lot of similarities between you know being an entrepreneur and uh, mm-hmm. yeah so getting into sports because both are uh, uh no big jumps you have and uh, a lot of uncertainties you have to face so one of the things i have also realized you know uh, in entrepreneurship focus right so uh, while having a different skill set will help you uh, you know filling the gap or well, don't you think if you if you if we can find a way wherein you are able to get a full paid job for a training even if it is outside of india would be a better approach i mean because that way what happens is if you are if you are spending even that 4 hours uh, doing something else if you were rather uh, training with the right guys getting the right kind of information and doing all the right things and focusing primarily on cycling you will be able to reach uh, higher targets which you are destined to now you are having your uh, you know your distributing your uh, focus between two different aspects see the thing that you need to understand about professional cycling is that it's a very low paid sport even at the world tour level mm-hmm. you see the 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 cream of the riders are obviously being paid very well mm-hmm. because they're winning races and they deserve it more than anyone else but there are world tour professionals who live on meager salaries it was until very recently women's cycling did not have um 
wages it was not compulsory to pay your riders wages so mm-hmm. at the world tour so mm-hmm. cycling is a sport in which there's not a lot of money um nj's contract with the team in australia mm-hmm. was an opportunity for him to race for a pro continental team mm-hmm. there was no money involved he got equipment from the team and he got jerseys from the team but he had to arrange all of his own funds for that he oh. had to hit up sponsors he had to raise if i'm not wrong he had to raise at least 2 to 3 lakhs for for that if not more mm-hmm. and even after raising that money he had to go once in australia he had to figure out cheaper ways to live cheaper mm-hmm. you know there's any opportunities to earn a little side money here there maybe work in a bike shop or something like that so it's okay you don't get money to train especially at the level that if i can i can i can say for any indian out there listening to this podcast that if you're not at i mean even if you are at say navin jones level or arvin panwar's level to find a team that will pay you to train with them, it's it's very it's very rare i mean i have never seen it i've never heard of it there are um, there are so many cycling teams outside there are so many you know pro continental teams and continental teams aside there are so many other teams which which are developing cycling as a sport in so many countries um none of them pay none of them pay for see for me if i had to look at a route forward in the sport i would say the best way for me to go forward is to find one of these teams which is you know one level below a continental team because that's where i stand mm. find them uh find a team that trains together mm. go live in and around the area or if you can live in the same house as everyone that see that's the best train with them and race with them and then i grow mm. but it's a very it's not a very feasible uh, solution because i have to raise funds for travel after raise funds for living after raise funds for living over there for racing over there no one's going to cover my expenses so it's a sport in which you you really need to figure out your finances if you want to go go forward and and once you reach the world tour level that's when you can just cycle for a living you know and until then you 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 need to have some So uh, so again yeah, in essence this problem is worldwide not just India yeah. it is it is yeah you don't um, you don't get money you don't get paid to cycle that's sad <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, a long term goal in mind what are the next steps you're looking at so long term goal is a very tough question for me um i've had a few long term goals and we, uh, we can set some goals for you I mean uh, Akash Panda was here a few episodes ago and we set a goal for him. Uh, it's it's really now on him to achieve that. So you 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 want what, to, what was your goal for Akash? Uh, he would have to uh, race in the Tour of France mm-hmm. and uh, after qualifying he would have to come back to the podcast and uh, do an episode for us. Brilliant. <laughs> so uh, well yeah just like this I think I think many cyclists in India once they get into the the a full time role in cycling, mm-hmm. you are bound to hear it from somewhere. I heard it from so many people. I'm like, you know, so many of my colleagues are like, so when are we going to see you in the Tour de France? And even my dad is like, okay, your goal is to get into the Tour de France, and it's lovely to hear. It's it's really nice to hear. But there are so many steps before you reach that level. There's um, the Indian national championships, win a medal. that's one step okay after winning a medal at indian national championship there are like so many medal winners at indian national level who cannot go one step forward and finish a race in belgium 
an amateur race in Belgium where there are no professionals. There are just aspiring professionals. You can't even finish because they drop you like a sack of bricks. There's, the cyclists in the world are so so strong, so well trained. Um, so there's a lot of lot of uh, stepping stones before you even think of something like the Tour de France. Um, yeah, you need to realize what those stepping stones are for you and set your goals accordingly. Um, setting a long-term goal for me has always been very tough because I find it uh, because I can't I can't I don't understand how much progress can be made in in how much time. So I've always been a short and medium-term person. Like if I had to set a goal for one year from now, I'd be able to do that. You know, I, I'd be able to say that uh, if we go by my power numbers on the bike, I'd be able to say that I'm currently here. I need to be over here to be able to compete at this level, which level I want to compete in. That is my goal and I want to reach these power numbers and then go to Belgium or go to Australia or go to Thailand and do races over there and ensure that, you know, these power numbers are bringing me results. And once those results come in, if you go to Belgium and race and if you, if you hit, if you hit the podium once or twice or anything, you're sure to get a contract from somewhere, some team or the other. So then that's your next step forwards, you know, now. Now, let's say for me, I've won two national medals. Um, the next step would be to win national gold, definitely. That's something that I don't have. But apart from that, I would, uh, as a cyclist, I would um, put my path forward in becoming much stronger. I need to be much stronger in order to perform abroad. So that is the primary goal. And once that strength is coming, it's coming the right way, then I can go abroad and explore how to use that strength in races and perform in races and from there so many doors open up you know you never know which door will open up i might i might get into a small team somewhere i might get into a bigger team somewhere i might be offered uh, a contract by a team in anywhere in the world south africa australia anywhere you'd never know what door opens up for you and according to the door which opens for you i believe you set your next target accordingly you refer to your uh, blogs and uh, race reports. It's uh, one thing to understand racing and cycling instinctively, but it's a totally different thing to actually write about it. You're clearly good at doing that. Uh, how did you start out on this? I never knew that I could write well. Um, as, a, as a kid, I was, uh, I was one of three brothers at the time there are currently four brothers but uh, my fourth youngest brother is, is 15 years younger to me mm -hmm. so when we were just three my dad used to make us uh, write short essays all three of us were given a topic and we used to write short essays about it and mine were always the worst like there was no <laughs> frame there was no grammar there was nothing it was always the worst so I never thought of myself as a writer and especially when you have two brothers one younger and one older who are writing better than you I never thought it was a skill of mine but uh, when I got into Deloitte and I started writing simple things such as emails to to my counterparts in Australia and stuff, I realized that, you know, I can do this so much better than everyone else around me. And then, um, then I did uh, a really cool charity bicycle ride uh, in Australia, which was, which was my first international exposure in cycling, for which I had to do a lot of content writing because it was a fundraising right so i had to write a lot of content to raise funds for um, for the for the ngo that was organizing it and that's where i realized that uh, you know people actually enjoyed to read what i write so ever since then it's always been a goal of mine to to write 
um but my first blog post came out when i went to belgium for the first time mm-hmm. uh belgium was a huge opportunity for me who when i was just one year into cycling i got the opportunity to go and train over there mm-hmm. train and race over there and um, one of my side goals was to write about it i always knew that i wanted to write about it and uh, it was i think it was less than 2 or 3 days into belgium where i realized i have a really cool story to write about mm-hmm. um and i posted it to my facebook it's on my blog which is on wordpress but i posted the link to my facebook and uh, within no time i got such positive feedback like the people that are following my journey and i remember one comment from uh, from my friend samir he said uh, that he was definitely going to come back to my blog for more for more reading and those are the sort of things that uh, made me feel really good about my writing and made me want to write more mm-hmm. so that's how i started my blog and uh, that's how i realized that i have that skill and that is the skill which i've exploited to to get a little money to fund my my living my sport from your race reports and uh, the occasional racing that we have had uh, together i know one of uh, your strengths is uh, the you know being aware of the situation of the race so tell us some interesting stories about the best and worst moves you had in some of the races Yeah I've, I've done a fair number of races in India and every race comes with a story um so I, I I'll start with the worst race move because I remember it very clearly this was uh, in Mumbai in 2018 I'd gone for a criterium it was the Saksham cyclothon and yes last year okay one day before the race I realized that I felt sick I was I was ill uh, but I was already in Mumbai and I was there was no chance I was going to let this race go so I decided to go into the race and uh, do the best i can mm. my plan for that race was to just sit in the bunch mm. save as much energy as i could and see what i can do later because i was i was ill i knew i didn't want to be doing work in front and i knew that the whole of india turned up for that race you know anyone who's anyone in india turned up for that race because there was big money on offer so in the every lap of the race had a sprint mm. and you accumulate points at sprints the top 4 riders get points and at the end of the race the rider with most points wins the race so this is a criterium race mm. that's how it runs in the very first lap itself i was sitting in the bunch and i realized that i was comfortable you know i wasn't feeling weak i wasn't feeling sick um and as we were approaching the the finish line the sprint line i i thought why not i'm feeling good might as well give it a shot I remembered that the finish line was at a traffic signal on the road and I saw the traffic signal from a fair distance away and timed my sprint to perfection I jumped and within seconds I had about 50 meters on the peloton which is which is huge mm. uh so there I was sprinting away to glory and then I noticed that this is not the correct traffic signal <laughs> <laughs> So then I look back and I see there's a huge gap to the bunch and I'm like okay the traffic signal must not be far away so I just keep going 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 and then the next traffic signal comes and even that is not it <laughs> <laughs> and by this time I'm 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 fatiguing I, I I was going at around 400 to 500 watts at the time which is a lot of power for someone like me and I'm surely but slowly you know draining myself out and I'm not able to push on the pedals as hard as I can and finally when i see the correct traffic signal which was the third traffic signal over there the entire peloton comes sprinting past me and i'm just dead last and then i'd spent so much energy as well that i just could not recover and this is the first time 
that has happened to me in indian cycling that i got dropped from the peloton i just got dropped from the peloton and i was out of the race i could not catch them again <laughs> that was definitely my worst worst race move ever and then i went back home and i felt even more sick i was yeah ill and such a dirty feeling uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was not a nice nice race for me but again you know so much so much to learn yeah. yeah you learn to to know where the finish line is let me know one of your best moves then ah my best moves um well i, I won't call it a move mm-hmm. exactly but my best race till date uh, has got to be my silver medal at the under 23 national uh, championships road race it was a 120 km race i was representing telangana so i had no teammates um and i was put up against uh, rajasthan karnataka and haryana all of whom had uh, six people each six riders each which is, which is the maximum number of riders you can put on your team and uh, <clears throat> i needed to beat these three teams in order to win that medal it was uh, it was not easy it it you know you can be the strongest guy on earth but you if you're if you're going to be out tacticked by the teams which have a plan then there's no way you're going to win a race so i knew that i had to be extremely smart about it and um, as soon as the race started before the race started i knew what i needed to do as soon as the race started i was sure of what i needed to do and uh, my tactics for the race were very very crucial in my winning that medal so what i did was uh, basically to to read the other teams i saw what these teams were doing and how they were doing it and i saw the rest of the peloton as well i realized that you know if rajasthan is attacking karnataka is going to catch them if karnataka is attacking rajasthan is going to catch them uh, haryana was sitting at the back and doing nothing so i wasn't uh, i wasn't going to put any money on them catching any moves so what i did was very simple if rajasthan attacked i let karnataka catch if karnataka attacked i let rajasthan catch if there was an attack in which there was both a rider from rajasthan as well as karnataka i was in that attack simple use my energy only where it was necessary um and in such a case you know there's say a breakaway of three people one rajasthani one karnataka and one me it's it's the chance of that breakaway succeeding is very high because rajasthan is not going to chase karnataka is not going to chase haryana might chase and the rest of the bunch might chase occasionally but it's very hard to put an organized chase together so yeah that was that was my plan for that race and it worked so well it's worked so well and uh, before we knew it there was no f- clear breakaway but at the end with 8 kilometers to go um there was a jump from a haryana rider and i was when i'm in a race i'm very very alert mentally alert that is one of my strongest skills uh, so i saw him attack even before he attacked and i knew that i didn't want him to attack with just 8 kilometers to go so i attacked along with him and we both uh, realized that we have a gap to the bunch and we pressed on that gap we worked perfectly as a team um and uh, yeah he ended up winning gold and i ended up taking silver in that race uh, although i do believe that you know i could have won gold i uh, the situation was such that there was a lot of bad luck involved um so yeah but it was it was still the best race of my life till now and the most meaningful race of my life till now because uh, it was my first national medal and oh, it's a big deal it was yeah. it was a very big deal because i trained so seriously for that one medal so you you, know, you mentioned about your uh, uh, belgium uh, trips uh, to race and improve and uh, train tell us about that and how it helped you um, get better 
so belgium was a great opportunity for me um when i was in india i went and attended uh, a coaching camp it was a 3 day camp in uti okay uh, which was organized mm-hmm. by srinath rajam sir who mm-hmm. is one of i mean he's he's very big he in the cycling scene he tries his level best to help talent to grow mm-hmm. so he had organized this camp and i went for it and navin john was also there at the camp and uh, i performed really well at camp um, mm-hmm. there were a lot of bangalore guys and a lot of hyderabad guys and a lot of chennai guys and basically from all over south india and and i managed to to perform better than everyone else except jetha mm-hmm. um which uh, which impressed navin navin john uh, was happy to see me performing like that and uh, it was also it also happened at a time when he realized that the pathway for indian cycling to progress goes through belgium mm-hmm. so he wanted to organize a trip to belgium for a few indian cyclists and he he called me and let me know that he would like for me to attend this trip so yeah i mean it it involved a lot of funds and also i had to think it through but uh, i was blessed to have the support of my family um and we all wanted me to go to belgium and train and race and grow so <clears throat> yeah that's how it happened i went to belgium and um for those of you that don't know belgium is the hub for road cycling in the world um during race season which is about 6 months in a year people come from all over the world to belgium in my house the house that we were staying in that year we had an australian we had a south african we had two guys from the united states we had one guy from ukraine so we get guys from everywhere mm-hmm. uh who just come to train and race because they want to grow in the sport so that that is what belgium does to an aspiring athlete um it has brilliant infrastructure for cyclists and by infrastructure i am not talking about the roads and um, stuff which are great without that goes without saying but it's just it's just the system that has been set in place over there um they've got they've got anywhere between 3 to 5 races to choose from every single day uh and belgium is a small place it's it's probably the size of of telangana or andhra pradesh or both put together or something so you can go and hit hit up any race that you want on any single day mm-hmm. uh each one of these races has so much talent at the, at it and you know you you won't find a race with with less than 50 people in it it's very rare that you find races with a smaller peloton than that and each one of those 50 people will be strong enough to come to india and just win a national medal that's mm-hmm. that's the level of amateur mm-hmm. racing over there mm-hmm. So when you when you go out there and when you train and when you race with with guys like this um there's no way you're not progressing for me uh, I strongly believe that the best way to progress fast in a short time is by training with riders who are better than you okay. uh, which is how I progressed initially um I was just you know giving it all I had to sit in the same bunch as Jetharam and Ramsroop and that's what I was doing in Belgium I was giving it all I had to sit in the same bunch as the race um, it was not successful at all over there there's only one race out of 13 which I managed to finish uh, but just the effort um, that you put in and uh, you know how hard you go in order to try and maintain that pace the speed as the rest of the race it gives your body so much more strength you don't even realize it mm-hmm. uh so strength wise it was it was super useful for me strength and speed and all and i you know got much stronger on the bike because of belgium but it also helped me mentally 
because uh, a huge aspect of cycling that a lot of people miss out on is the mental aspect of cycling and you can be the strongest guy but you can never win races it's uh, you know i know a lot of strong guys who never win races because you need to know how to race you need to know when to attack you need to know when to chase you need to know when to sit down and relax and all of that which uh, i mean not a lot of people in india know how to do and uh, it it belgium taught me a lot of that as well so it's it was very beneficial in two ways for me you are mentioning about your uh, silver medal and uh, how you almost instinctively know, knew that uh, uh, the haryana person uh, was going to attack and i saw that the same thing happening two days ago uh, in the hrc race uh, we had a group of six of us and we were trying to uh, throw in lot of attacks and i remember that one particular situation wherein i think you were just behind me and uh, you were on the left uh, leftmost side and i kind of blocked you and uh, i don't know you prajwal was behind you and uh, you were shouting out to pranay to look out for an attack on the right and you know prajwal was there uh, uh, attacking you know you, you almost caught him attacking and you was behind so so how did you guess that i mean what did you do do you have rear view cameras <laughs> uh i don't know what it is um but uh, i've always now i realize that it's a, it's a talent it's a skill um which is very useful for me in racing i'm very aware of what is happening in the peloton um i mean when i look at race pictures of myself there are there are so many pictures in which i'm not looking at the road ahead i'm looking at the guys beside me mm-hmm. so it just happens very instinctively for me i um i take a look at the peloton i take a look at the riders the strong riders um i read their faces i read their body language uh it it speaks so much about racing you know i can i can look at a guy and uh, there are so many giveaways there are so many tells if a guy is looking to attack you can you can see his face and you can read it if a guy is suffering is mm-hmm. really hurting you can see his face and his body language and you can tell and that is one of my most important skills that i possess uh, which has helped me to become a better racer mm-hmm. um yeah i'm not the strongest guy out there but i'm able to beat guys who are stronger than me is because of you know skills like this uh and you need to know how to understand the race you need to know who all are there in the race which is very important because um it's the not every race is going to be the same the the riders in the race make the race so you need to know the riders in the race you need to know their strengths and weaknesses and what they can do what they can't do and make decisions on the basis of that you know whether you want to chase someone down whether you want to let them go whether you want to make sure that someone else chases in all of that um it's yeah it's cycling is not a sport in which pure bronze bronze meaning like strength physical strength will get you forward it's a sport in which you need to be um mentally sound and very aware very crafty um yeah it's 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 a it's a it's a game at the end of the day it's a game where you you play your cards right and you you know you might end up in the winning move so uh, um you know sometimes we we come to a race wherein we don't know much about the others because one of the common themes i have seen in many of your race reports is that uh, 
you know or you uh, you have a short list of the top guys of the race and uh, i've seen you giving predictions before races as well as in your race reports most of the times you start with uh, who are the key guys and you know, the uh, the report also revolves around them so so if you are going to you know, belgium and you don't know most of those guys so how would you tackle that so i never faced this problem in belgium because uh, my aim was never to win races over there <laughs> my aim was just to do whatever i could to stay with the bunch till the finish line and mm-hmm. if i stayed with them till the finish line that was a win for me mm-hmm. so i didn't really uh, need to know the the races <laughs> racers over there but if i was at a physical level in which i could compete in belgium mm-hmm. um what i would do differently was i would definitely research who all are racing mm-hmm. okay and uh, by research i i mean just go and talk to people mm-hmm. ask ask anyone in the race you know who are the strong guys today mm-hmm. and they'll tell you mm-hmm. and just from the way they talk about people you'll you understand you know who's strong who's not strong who has a team mm-hmm. working for them and just these small details can tell you so much like mm-hmm. you know if i know that uh, a particular rider has a team mm-hmm. and there's a breakaway up the road then i know that this rider is going to make his team work to catch that breakaway mm-hmm. so i can i you know i can almost bank on that fact um so knowledge is 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 very key to do, doing well in this sport and in any sport like yeah. any sport take football take basketball you need to know your opponent you need to know your plan to beat the opponent it's um, yeah it's not something that's just going to come and hit you in the face out of nowhere you need to have a plan you need to execute it and that's how you get results so uh, going back to uh, hrc uh, and the master that we had uh, two days ago um it's really something i love because under normal circumstances if i came for a regular ride with someone like you you would probably drop me in the first uh, 10 or 15 minutes <laughs> but uh, here i can actually since it is a race i can actually uh, i'm still behind you but i can get a sense of how far ahead you are or how much better you are and it it actually kind of motivated me i kind of felt after uh, the weekend that i should train more i should uh, build up my base miles and maybe that is what you're referring to even with belgium that a lot of people actually get a chance to compare themselves and and that's what uh, helps them improve absolutely i believe that having local community racing in any place that you're living in you know if you're living in a place which does not have community racing it's very tough to progress um because racing is end of the day you're why do you train as a cyclist you train so that you can perform in races and if you don't get to perform in races on a regular basis you're not going to you know you you can't train all year and then just go to one race and say you know i've trained all year i'm going to go and smash this race you know nothing about a race you know nothing about mm-hmm. your opponents you know nothing about how to race and stuff like that so again cycling like any other sport you need to play the sport to actually do well at the sport and uh, here the sport is racing it's not training we are training to race so it's very important and I'm, i love the fact that hrc has come up big kudos to basha and the entire bike affair team for pulling this off it's 
it is exactly what i wanted from a, a racing community in hyderabad mm-hmm. and it's only getting better and bigger um so hrc is wonderful like that and uh, yeah regarding your question on um, it's a very valid question because that is exactly what i felt after my first race mm-hmm. i could judge the gap in fitness between me and the other guys and i knew what mm-hmm. um how to bridge i didn't know how to bridge that obviously but i knew that you know this is the gap and i have to bridge it if i want to uh move forward in the sport and i was fortunate enough to to have a really good coach at the time maxwell traverser was my first coach mm-hmm. and along with him i was also training with jethan ramsroop who are integral to my uh, growth in cycling not just because i used to train with them but you know they're they're like brothers to me and uh, they helped me by making me understand what they do why they do and you know when they ride hard when they don't ride hard and all the all the small nuances of cycling mm-hmm. so i was very fortunate to have i would say probably the best coach in india along with two two um, teammates who are like brothers to me mm-hmm. so yeah that's what racing does to you it, it uh, you race regularly you see the gap in fitness you bridge that gap in fitness you're even more motivated after each race um and i yeah you cannot build a racing community out of a city if there is no racing in the city yeah yeah, yeah I, I, there's a very interesting uh, aspect about how racing and uh, i was reading somewhere a, a couple of days ago about uh, um a record set by a horse in one of the uh, races a secretariat i think there is a yeah. movie also there's named, movie named uh, yeah. on that i think his record still holds and there was some some of the horse which came close by and what the uh, the author of that uh, article was saying was if these two were actually uh, racing together the they might have actually bettered that record yeah. so yeah. Uh, and in fact you you're talking about um, training there is one school of thought which is training by racing Uh, and places like belgium they can afford to do that because there are uh, three races in a week within 50 kilometers of where you stay so uh, i mean that could be your actual um, high intensity efforts that you need yeah. to put in so racing is very integral you know without uh, without racing it is very difficult to actually improve and uh, push you that additional fight and percentage which you need to keep overloading yourself to get to the next levels yeah there is something about the element of competition mm-hmm. over there that brings out the absolute best in you which is never it never comes out when you are training by yourself as much as you might think that you're going as hard as you can there's always a whole new world of pain beyond that which you yeah. you only breach that wall when the competition is available we would surprise ourselves in fact that is uh, one of the very interesting things i learned from maxwell sir he would say that uh, uh, while it is good to have your cyclo computer and have your training data and stuff like that he would say don't bring it in every day mm. uh, especially not on a day when you are uh, doing high intensity intervals or at least don't see it because uh, i have seen that happen that you no know, you are sprinting and you seem to have one gear left in you and then you see that you already crossed your top speed mm. and then you just go slow <laughs> so i mean you have like he was talking about the mental barriers you you seem to have crossed the mental barriers but not the physical barrier yeah. so yeah. you need to keep pushing that and i think yeah. a, a good teammate or a good race will will uh, will help you a lot in that 
So, uh, Parshu, we know that you are uh, <coughs> um, you know, more of a mass art and a criterion specialist. So, I have two questions around that. Uh, uh, when and how did you realize this, and uh, how did you how do you train differently for a say a criterion or a mass art as against a, a time trial? So, I, I I don't know when I realized it. Uh, it was probably a gradually gradual realization. But how I realized it is uh, it's very simple. It's just the day that I realized that I am probably um, smarter than most of the guys that I'm racing with mm-hmm. in terms of uh, my understanding of what is happening in the race. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, just the fact that I understand so much more about the race that I'm in and uh, I know what the right moves would be and what the wrong moves would be. And I'm not saying I'm perfect or anything. I've made a lot of mistakes and I continue to do so. My decisions in the race have always been more um, thought-based and most of the other riders are just like, you know, okay, I'm feeling good now, maybe I should chase this down. Okay, I'm not feeling good, I won't chase this down. Mm-hmm. When that's not how you race, you know, you, it, it has to be planned. So, yeah, when I realized that I was, um, I was able to do well at races, not because of how smart, how strong I am, but because of how smart I am, that's when I realized that, you know, these, it, these, this skill is very important for criteriums and mass starts and, you know, road races as such. Uh, so that's when, that's how I realized that uh, these are my two strong points, uh, which does not make time trialing my weak point. You know, it, yeah. it, this, the fact that I'm good at this should not make time trialing my weak point. I don't know what it is about time trialing, but uh, I'm, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Like as much as I try and as much as I focus and tell myself that, you know, this is what you, mean, you do. You couldn't be terrible because you, you, <laughs> you were in top 10 in the country in uh, 2016. So, <laughs> you cannot be terrible. No, no, I, I uh, okay, maybe not terrible, but um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a good time trialist. And uh, compared to my results so in, in road races, I've never been able to perform at par to them in a time trial. Uh, I'm never satisfied with my time trial performances. I don't know what it is about time trialing that... Uh, could, it, could it be that it's just that you are too young? <laughs> Ooh, I'm 25, 25 years old and I don't consider myself to be young. Uh, no, but then there are things, certain things like which which actually make me feel good about it. Like, you know, Peter Sagan is someone that I look up to. Uh, then there's Greg Van Avermaet and there are so many other racers that I look up to who win so many races, but they've never won a time trial. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just uh, I think it's it's also got something to do with with body type mm-hmm. you know you can't be the best at everything yeah you you're good at some things you're not good at some things you're good at some things you're decent at some things but there are other guys who are better than you at those things so it's it's probably got a lot to do with with that as well and uh, I'm content I I don't want to kill myself in order to become the best time trialist. I'm, I'm happy to not be good at time trials and I'm happy to be good at road races and grids because yeah. end of the day, those are that's the format of racing that I enjoy so much more. Exactly. So one last question, Parshu, uh, from a, um, I still say, young rider's point of view. Uh, what would you like to change in the Indian uh, cycling infrastructure you know, to be able to produce more uh, cyclists? Well, it's very simple. I think we've already discussed what it takes to produce more cyclists and that is more races. You need to build a community in all of India's communities. India is so huge that, you know, every city, if every city has 
a regular racing culture you're going to produce so much talent so much talent we do not we are not behind the world in terms of strength it's just the fact that cycling is a sport in which uh, indians if you take it up as a sport you start really late and you don't have proper guidance if those things change if and they will change if you have proper mm-hmm. community racing everywhere um then it's just it's just going to shoot up um i heard uh, i heard someone saying that uh, indian cycling is currently at a stage in which um american cycling was just about 10 to 15 years ago uh, and now american cycling there are so many world tour riders who are doing well and stuff like that uh, and uh, um yeah the first and most important thing i would say is to to have more community races in whichever city you are if you are not able to organize a race uh, organize group friendly races like just a group ride where you know end of the day a group ride does become a race if you have competitive guys like me uh, or gokul gokul himself is very competitive on group rides i must say <laughs> so yeah um, you need a good community and you need good uh, partners um, good racers and it i think after that everything will just you know sort itself out and uh, we start moving forward in a much better manner i i learned so much uh, <laughs> about you about racing and you know it was a really enjoyable time thank you parshu uh, for sharing uh, some of your uh, cycling journeys and uh, i thoroughly enjoyed it i hope uh, the listeners enjoy as well Oh I hope the listeners enjoy more than more than you. <laughs> no but it's a, an amazing opportunity for me to come here. This is my the first time I'm actually putting my voice on a podcast and I'm uh, as a listener of podcasts. <laughs> as a listener of podcasts it's it's an honor to be here and it's an honor to be on this podcast which I believe is is going to change things for Indian cycling. Um so firstly big big shout out to you two for for putting in the effort to start this and uh, thank you so much for having me over it's, it's a pleasure to be here thank you thank you parshu uh, so as always uh, send us your questions comments and concerns to podcast@thebikeaffair.com bye 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 bye